Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro, and I'm a partner at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Andrew Love. Andrew is the managing partner and founder of Aspect Investors. Andrew, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mario. Delighted to be with you. Andrew, we always start by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. You have a great story, both you personally and that aspect and its success and its history. So I always start a little bit about learning a little bit more about you and about Aspect. Sounds great. I have to chat about those things. And thanks again for having me here. This is going to be fun. So I guess the easiest way to describe it without going into too much gory detail is that I've spent about the last 25 years in one form or another in search fund land. And about the first five years of those were as a student of the model, which actually started over three years before ever darkening the door of a business school when I learned about search funds on a complete fluke. And then nine years or so as a practitioner of the model, as a searcher, CEO, and so on. And then for the last not quite 11 and a half years as an investor in the model. So that's kind of my background with search funds. And prior to all of that, I guess you could say, prior to business school and this sort of search fund infection, I was in consulting with Bain out of undergrad and then spent about a little over three years in growth equity investing. And your aspect is very active in the search fund community and all elements of it. What would you say is the kind of core thesis for aspect? What kind of deals do you do? What are you looking for? And obviously, I'm going to come back and talk a bit more about Canada, but let's start about aspect generally in terms of deals that you look for, deals that you do, your kind of sweet spot or your thesis. Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, so I set up Aspect in 2012, uh, almost immediately after getting out of the day-to-day and running my search fund company, which is a company called Behavioral Health Group, which is today the largest joint commission accredited provider of treatment services for opioid use disorders. And I did that because I just was a true believer in the search fund model and thought that there was a place in the market for an investor that had real bones kind of at the nexus of principal investing and entrepreneurship. And then most pointedly, you know, with search funds. And so I've really tried to imbue the cultural DNA and the strategic, let's say, rationale for aspect with, you know, the things I think make search funds great. And so I would say we are maybe appropriately dogmatic, but not doctrinaire when it comes to how we approach search funds, which is to say we we look for wonderful students of the game. We are still students of the game ourselves in all sorts of respects. And we know what we like, but we're not going to be, you know, so rigid or facile about those things that we can't see an interesting opportunity when it's staring us in the face. And so I would say much like the traditional search fund model is focused You'll generally find our investments in one of two broad categories. One is B2B, either you know services or software. And the second would be healthcare, which is traditionally, by that I mean things where you're actually providing the healthcare services, things like maybe low acuity site-based models, typically not physician-centric models. And then certainly where those two things in the Venn diagram overlap, which could be, for instance, services or software to the healthcare providers. So for the first five years or so of Aspects Incarnation, I was investing in the first sale of my search fund company in 2017. I went to market to raise fund one. And uh, prior to doing that, hired my first two team members on board. We're now investing out of fund two, which has been in the market for a couple of years and have expanded the team. They're all wonderful people and I'm super fortunate to work with all of them. To date, I slash we have invested in over 200 search funds, and we've been just super involved across a wide array of teams and companies, both in the U.S. and in Canada. Andy, if I may, you're obviously an active investor in the traditional search fund. Tell us a bit about the self-funded space. Are you active in the self-funded space? Are there, or do you want to call it non-traditional search fund type investments that you do? 
You know, it's a really good question, and it's, it's something that has certainly blossomed alongside the traditional search fund model. And, you know, we are certainly more than happy to entertain those models if the incentives and the structures line up with how we operate. You know, I think the traditional search model is sort of the holy grail, in our opinion. It's the sort of most tried and true and best way to go about these things. But it's not, you know, one size fits all, of course. And there are various circumstances and differences of conditions and things where an alternative form of entrepreneurship through acquisition can make sense for somebody. So I think it is very nice to have different models for different folks and their objectives and their conditions. That tends to be nonetheless, a pretty marginal piece of the equation for us. I think 99% of the focus for us is on the traditional model. And you've been a very active search fund investor in Canada. And, you know, Aspect has been investing in Canada for many years. Wanted to ask you a little bit about your interest in Canada, what you see in Canada, and, you know, what differences, peculiarities you see in the search spaces is facing Canada from the U.S.? Yes, it's a great question. And certainly timely for our conversation here. So, I guess I've been investing in Canadian search funds for over 10 years and have backed almost two dozen search teams, many of who are running their companies and in several cases have already exited those companies. And we like quite a bit about Canada. I think the searchers are real students of the model. They take it very seriously. They're very smart and coachable and just solid. And now, of course, Canada has a very solid search fund ecosystem and a culture with uh, lots of experiences and lessons and takeaways, and certainly also a very solid set of third parties and folks like you who've really been enablers in this growth in Canada and just make it smooth, very partner-like. And so I'd say the punchline is that we like the market quite a bit and frankly don't see that changing. Canada is a smaller you know, economy than the U.S., I guess probably roughly the same size population-wise as California. And so I think deals are probably a little bit more brokered in Canada, which is not entirely a bad thing. I think a lot of other things are very similar to the U.S. The debt financing is usually pretty straightforward uh, and accommodating, especially um, you know if the mainstream banks are like a searcher's deal. Seller financing or vendor takebacks are often in the mix, though I think that incidence may be a little lower than it is in the U.S. There's certainly a lot of GTA focus, so there's some geographic concentration there. But we've pursued or invested in provinces all across Canada from, you know, Quebec to British Columbia, Alberta, and, and others. So I would say the company types that searchers pursue are generally largely the same as they are in the U.S., although we see fewer healthcare deals in Canada than in the U.S., which is probably not completely surprising given the differences in the healthcare systems. Andy, would you look at a Canadian deal, do you look at it differently than you would a U.S. deal? Is there anything in the analysis that you focus on differently in terms of what you're looking for? Not generally. I think we're really looking to do the same thing in every case, which is to make sure we're partnering with great people who are students of the game and really understand what they're getting into and look for business models where they are likely to thrive. And then we want to surround them with as much resources and expertise and assistance as we can so that their experience is essentially as successful as it can be. And I know we've had a conversation about this in the past, Andy, that just the nature you highlighted, the nature of the searchers in Canada, they tend to be a little bit older bring a few more years of experience and one of your thoughts on what you think of that experience when it comes to searching. Some people say older is not as great as an asset in searching in the sense that they have other commitments, but other people say it's, it's the greatest thing. So what are your thoughts on that characteristic of Canadian searchers? The fact that they are a little bit older, generally speaking, versus American searchers who tend to you know, predominantly come out of the MBA programs. Well, it's a very interesting observation, and it's an interesting thing, even in the U.S., where the average age has been going up over the last you know, 20 years, 
there are trade-offs, right? So you have folks who are more experienced, who know their own strengths and weaknesses, and maybe more nuanced or greater, you know, respects who have developed industry, you know, experiences or expertise, for lack of a better way to put it. But you know, sometimes that means that they may be a little bit less flexible, maybe a little bit less flexible on geography as if they've got roots down and so on. So we have had smashing success with everybody from folks who are straight out of a business school to folks who would be considered quite mature as searchers. So I think it's not something that flares us off. We treat people as people. We want to get to know them and understand their experiences and where they are and, and understand how they see that fitting in with this path that they want to pursue. Andy, I know you've been very busy. The economy's kind of uh, in a bit of a sideways position right now, but I know both in Canada and the U.S., the search fund space continues to be very active with a lot of searchers and if anything, more than ever, and you're investing very actively. I want to get your thoughts on the marketplace in terms of what you're seeing in terms of investing, given the market that we're in. Well, I mean, I would say in many respects, it still seems to be steady as she goes from our standpoint, but there is frankly kind of happily a uh, maybe more of a buyer's market when it comes to valuation. So I would say the last year for us has been quite busy and productive for our search teams and for us. And we're fortunate to be working with just a number of really outstanding teams. I would say also, though, despite it being considerably less of a seller's market than it was 12 or 18 months ago, we've had several solid exits this year, including some in Canada. So I would say there's certainly greater scrutiny on valuation and quality, and maybe especially when it comes to things that we're getting a little frothy, like software business models. But I think to some meaningful degree that the search fund model is an all-weather path, right? Uh, which is not to say that it's always easier, it's always going to work out, but I think it has some maybe self-balancing mechanisms in it that can make the sledding pretty good, you know, when the weather patterns change a bit. So we're hopeful the 24 is certainly a great year. I think we're sort of circadian creatures, you know, human beings. We kind of get through the winter and get into a new year. And I think there's just generally a little bit more of a risk on appetite at the beginning of a new year. And so we're not banking on fundamental changes in the weather patterns or anything like that. But I think we're certainly encouraged by the environment today, despite the, let's say, reacquaintance of risk and return and cost of capital, which was maybe, say, overdue. I, I think we're very encouraged. I will say, Mario, we're... We're not naive. So we too are giving extra scrutiny to things as we go down our sort of the week to week day to day business. I always ask our guests the crystal ball question, what they think is coming up in 24. I know from your perspective, you feel like it's kind of steady as she goes and strong. But when you look at it from a evolution of the space and what do you see coming down the line in terms of future trends for search funds when you look forward to 24 and the future? I think more of the same is probably the way that I would couch it. So I think we would expect to see increasing competition. I think this would be true in Canada as the model continues to propagate. But, you know, so there's still, despite quite a bit more interest on a relative basis, there's still lots of underserved niches, let's say. I think the search fund model's popularity will continue to grow as the successes continue to pile up and awareness of those and just the general model itself continues to grow. And perhaps as maybe the job market gets tighter for people coming out of business schools, I think that may be an interesting nuance that we haven't seen for a while that folks may say, you know what, I'm not really finding anything that I was willing to throw myself at. I, I think it's time I make a bet on myself. So I think no, you know, epochal shifts, but I think the growth in the model and the reasons for it, they're likely to continue. And I don't really see it accelerating, but I don't see it slowing down particularly either. Andy, one of the things you know, we've been seeing, and I think we'll see more of in Canada, I think it's the same in the States. It's just the real growth of the self-funded space in the search community. 
it just continues to expand uh, like almost exponentially. And I know it's also growing in the States exponentially. I want to get your thoughts on, on what that means for the space and, you know, what terms of the implications that it has, whether it's on carry, whether it's on the kind of mentoring, whether it's on the nature of the investors, but your thoughts on the implications for the continued growth of the self-funded element of the space. I mean, that's a rich question. I think it is both easier in some respects for people to pursue that, but also quite a bit more difficult. That has always existed. It didn't have the mantle of search funds sort of draped about its shoulders. I mean, I think the notion of somebody looking for a deal to go buy and run kind of on their own dime or something like that has existed ever since there were businesses that you could conceivably buy and run. For me, that has always seemed a bit more like bartering for a kind of a horse and a gun and riding the range and trying to set up camp by a river or something before you die of exposure relative to maybe the traditional model, which has always struck me as maybe being a little bit more like encamping with the cavalry and prosecuting a bigger and badder and safer campaign. And that's not to say that the former is bad and everything is perfect with the latter. It's just to say that I think it is a harder path, but for the right people, they may just know in their heart that they need to pursue that. And so I think it's availability and the fact that it is maybe a little wilder and woollier is maybe more approachable for a lot of people. And I think that's going to continue, certainly because as one goes down market, the number of companies goes up. And some of those naturally fit maybe some of the conditions or requirements that people who pursue the self-funded path like to see. They may have geographic constraints or things like that that also make that, for whatever reason, the sort of putative path for doing something like a search fund or maybe kind of partnering up with a family office or something like that, doing something that's kind of in the middle. So I think that's likely to continue. I think it's a much hazier thing to track data on. So I think it's harder to ring fence in some sense. I mean, from our limited, you know, perspective, which I would say is in the cheap seats on the self-funded side, just given our focus on the traditional search side, I would expect their lanes to form more and more and for things to maybe become a little bit more standardized in various respects. And I think that's not entirely a bad thing, right? I think we're as human beings, we look for heuristics and taxonomies and methodologies to make sense of chaos. And I think that's just a, an area where that has not been as developed. And so it, it wouldn't surprise me if you started seeing even more, you know, of those sort of patterns, which have already been in play now for a decade or something like that. So I think it's going to be interesting. It tends to not have much impact or effect on the traditional search side. I think those are they're just sort of two different shores. But I think it's very interesting, and I think it's a great path for people for whom it, it just you know makes sense for one reason or another. And yeah, I want to thank you for being our guest. I mean, it's been great to get your perspective from what aspect is involved in and what they're doing, and, and also to hear your perspective on investing in Canada from a you know, U.S. funds perspective. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a guest. I greatly appreciate uh, having you on the podcast. Well, thank you so much. It's just wonderful to chat with you as always. And and thank you for everything you're doing for the broader search community, searchers of all stripes in Canada and frankly beyond. 